Welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here? Whether literally or figuratively in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest has a passion for helping marketers see what is possible. As a senior marketing strategist, former agency owner, and startup founder, she's spent her career helping brands create customer-centric content marketing programs. She's worked with Aveda, Thomson Routers, General Mills, and Medela, just to name a few, and has held leadership positions with Target and Regis. As an experienced marketing leader, entrepreneur, and marketing solution provider, she's committed to helping teams smash organizational silos and transition to a more strategic, customer-centric approach to integrated omni-channel planning. And who doesn't need that? Taking that commitment to the next level and leveraging 25-plus years of wrestling with spreadsheets as strategic planning calendars, she founded Anum, a specifically designed software company to support what she teaches a software that actually helps marketers break down organizational silos and plan smarter. She's a sought-after speaker and just an absolutely lovely individual who I met in D.C. at Content Marketing World this year. Welcome, Patty Radford Henderson. Hi, thank you. Um, That was wonderful. I'm excited to chat with you today. (laughs) So how are you? We're a month off Content Marketing World. Uh, What's new? What's new? Well, I have to say that I'm... um, The speaking thing is a bit new for me. I have spoken throughout my career, but kind of got back on the speaker circuit about a year ago. And it's been amazing. Um, the networking with the speakers and the opportunities I've had. And I just, I, I really loved my experience at content marketing world and I, it energizes me. I mean, especially today, you know, post pandemic, getting out there, seeing the people at the conference, meeting new people, telling them what I'm doing, sharing my, frameworks is absolutely energizing and it's like keeping me going. So that's, that's like a super big highlight to me right now. (laughs) Fabulous. So I gave our audience a very, the, really the highlight reel. I condensed, you know, 25 plus years of amazingness into like a few short paragraphs. So maybe you can tell our audience a little bit more about uh, what you're doing today and, and where you are. Yeah, I would say that, um, I, you know, as you said, I've had a varied uh, career, worked on the brand side, worked on the agency side, been a consultant. And, it, you know, throughout my career, I've built plans and spreadsheets as marketing, marketers do until I was in the room of a Fortune 200 brand and there were five spreadsheets on the table for one product launch because the ad agency had one, the PR agency had one, the brand manager had flavors of yogurt coming out. And as the digital agency of record, we had two. And that's when I thought, okay, the silos are real, but it's not the people. We are here to collaborate. It's the plan that's siloed. And it's siloed by channel because the channels are so technically complex that we've got specialists running them and they're managing and optimizing them in different spreadsheets and different tools. And we need something to bring it together. So Five years later, I got the guts to actually build it myself because the problem would not leave me alone. (laughs) And um, at that point, I had built a prototype, shared it with a few people, and they were like, the pain is real. Please come up with something to solve this. So that's what got me to it today. (laughs) And and hence, Anim was born. That's amazing. You know, so many of us 
have, um, so I totally feel your pain and understand like the why behind what you did. And we think, oh, there's a better way of doing this. But few of us actually sit down and actually do something about it. So well done you. Excellent. Thanks. I, I feel like I had, there's a, a number of factors in play. I had started to feel like I wanted to make a broader impact. I was working consulting, you know, one brand at a time. And I feel like I keep using somewhat of these same frameworks with them. And also I um, just knew that I, I was kind of unable to work for anybody else, <clears throat> excuse me, unable to work for anybody else anymore because I was pretty opinionated <laughs> at this point in my career. And I thought, you know, what, what do I want to do next? What can I do where I can bring value to many more than just one-on-one consultants? And so that really helped me take the leap as well. Excellent. And uh, I'm sure all those using the software are very happy that you did. So as my audience knows, I always start our conversations off with uh, four core questions. So if you're ready to dig into those, we will get started. Let's go. What was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? It was lawyer. And the reason I wanted to be a lawyer is because I did mock trial in high school. And I found it exciting and thrilling to kind of analyze the case come up with how I was going to present it and then be up in front of the audience or the jury, you know, trying to persuade them. And it was, it was a successful mock trial. We got like fourth in state. So I was energized and thought I can be a lawyer. And also uh, one of my good friends' father was a lawyer and he had a Porsche and I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. You can get a Porsche if you're a lawyer. So... (laughs) Oh, that's funny. So what what was it that you decided, no, lawyer's not for me? Well, once I found out about the um, extra um, schooling I'd have to go through after college, I was just itching to get out in the world and start working. And I, I thought I, I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to go through that much school. So then I thought, well, I'll become an architect <laughs> because I love design and architecture. And then, oh, again, extra schooling. And then I started taking mass communications classes and they were super easy and super fun. And I was needing to be persuasive and I was needing to architect campaigns and plans. And I'm like, Hey, this is kind of letting me do it all, but jump into it a lot quicker um, and kind of combine the things I like. So shift in direction. Very logical. (laughs) Very, very logical. I love that. Who was the first big influencer on your life? Well, I would say it was um, Mr. J, and he had confidence in me, was excited about my ambition, brought me to the store manager, and pretty soon I was the editor of the employees employee newsletter for the Dayton's downtown St. Paul. So it was my very first marketing job that I was hired to do, and I was writing and designing that newsletter on a Mac Classic that was my <laughs> roommates and I would bring it to Kinko's and get copies made and then bring it to the store and it was handed out with employee paychecks um, on Fridays and I remember having my editorial calendar and planning out my stories and I think about that and you know just nothing is done that way anymore (laughs) people are not designing with pixelated graphics on Mac classics and you're not printing out newsletters and you're not handing out paper paid checks anymore. So yeah, big changes. I'm having 
having total flashbacks. So <laughs> what I attribute to my first real job, it was actually my second or third, but it was the one that really cemented me into my career. Uh, doing the same thing, anything to do with communications, government relations, PR, employee communications, et cetera, I did. And it was a, it was a startup. So it's, my boss was very much like, well, if you want to do that, like go for it. So I remember I used to do, I think it was a monthly newsletter and same thing, doing the layout, making it fit, trying to get information, taking it to the printer across the street, you know, all of hashtag, all of the things. Yes. I wish I'd kept some of them because, uh, I enjoyed doing it, but it was, man, it was a lot of work. <laughs> I'm a total pack rat. I know I've got at least a couple of them somewhere, but I, I can't find them. If I find them, I'm going to do a blog post about it on our oh, website. <laughs> absolutely. And if you find one in the next couple of weeks, send me a, send me a screenshot or something because yeah. I would love to see that. So what song epitomizes your career path? I go through phases of songs where I'll have a song that I'm feeling into right now. And mm -hmm. the song that I like is called UFO. And um, I'm like trying to remember the name of the artist. It's Olivia Dean. And she's singing about flying a UFO and not really knowing what she's doing and trying to figure it out and looking for a soft place to land. And right now, as um, running a software company, I'm like, yep, I feel like I am flying a UFO. I've you know, created something that doesn't exist. I've never run a software company before. I'm having to learn so many things, which um, I, I, I'm a big, very committed to lifelong learning. But at some point, it's very overwhelming, the amount of things I, I am learning and tech tools that I'm integrating with and having to learn. And um, so, yeah, right now my theme song is UFO. <laughs> that, it sounds like an excellent one. Yeah. It's very lilting and soothing. So it, it's, um, and it's, it's good around the, you know, spooky Halloween time too. <laughs> Look at that double purpose. Yeah. Very good. Multitasking as is what you do. So mm -hmm. what are three words you'd use to describe you and your career? I, I would say agent of change. And um, I feel that fits in so many different ways because um, I have had, if you, you know, count all my jobs, about 15 different jobs. So I have had a very broad career path with a lot of different opportunities. And whenever I get a new role, my first thing is like, what can I do to make it better? And so I am very much come in as not a maintenance person. I come in as like, okay, how can I grow? How can I fix? How can I make things better? And when I get to a point where it's like, okay, the systems are in place, this is going good. Then I start looking outside my role and like, okay, now what can I do? And sometimes that ex that's accepted. And sometimes I start bumping into what other people should do. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's time for me to change. So as soon as like, I get to the point where I'm not driving progress or change, I go find something else to, because I'm not, you know, maintain, maintenance is, is not my happy place. Um, and, and, and the other reason I think agent of change fits is because I chose the career of marketing. And when you choose the career of marketing, you have chosen a wild ride because it has changed so much and expanded and twisted and the technical expertise that's needed is just wild. So I think that it, as a career path is a path for, um, of change that you've chosen. Absolutely. And software development as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So what has your career journey been like? You mentioned, you know, 15 or so jobs, which, you know, is some people might go, oh my gosh. But when you think about what you do and the pe- the companies that you've worked with and for, it's natural that you would have that many different sort of responsibilities and, and, and roles. But what has that career journey really looked like for you? I started out, um, you know, a couple internships uh, under my belt, which I highly recommend um, for people going through um, coming out of college. I had some great internship opportunities and then got a job working for an Aveda distributor, which was um, kind of a pivotal job. It was my first big, you know, post waiting tables job. <laughs> I got hired for a marketing role. As an as a working for the distributor, I was working on marketing programs to sell um, the Aveda into the salons and then salons programs for the salons to help them sell Aveda to their customers and grow their sales. So it was B2B to C. And within four years, I was, you know, I started out as being a like desktop publisher where I was kind of designing things on the Mac for our, our salons to running the department and developing marketing programs and had a, you know, a calendar of offering of um, seasonal marketing programs we would offer to the salons. And, you know, in that time, I, I learned so much because it was B2B, B2B to C and was already, you know, creating things to sell to, to marketers or to businesses in that very first job. And, and so since then, I, I just gravitated towards things that intrigued me. Like um, I, uh, worked for a stationary company um, because I love product design and um, ended up leading marketing and product design while I was there. And then um, uh, in the mid nineties, I um, was working for Regis salons and they said, okay, we're going to build websites for all of our brands. So I was part of the team figuring out, you know, how do you build a website, which was, you know, thrilling and exciting. And we launched an email newsletter and loved it. And then it's like, okay, I want to stick with digital. And and then then really focused in on digital uh, for my career, working on the agency side, having a digital agency. And um, I've just really kind of been drawn to the learning and the growing and going after what's new. And I would say, you know, that, that has been a driving force in my career path. And, and, and it certainly has been like, once I feel like I've, you know, provided a lot of value or, or, or made change or made things better, then it's like time for me to find something new before I start stepping on other people's feet. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Self-realization of your, the limits of your contribution is such an important aspect of a successful career that I think one is not taught, two, it's not talked about, and three, I think, is undervalued. So the number of people and organizations where, you know, you come to the end of what you see as the potential for your either growth or your contribution, the degree of contribution to that organization, and you go to your boss and say, hey, listen, I think it's time for me to move on. Here's why. There's many times where that individual, it gets a little haughty about it, right? They get upset and they take it personally. Whereas you're doing both them a favor as well as yourself, as well as the organization. You're making room for growth for other people. You're enabling the organization to have the benefit of new thought and new direction and and fresh blood. But also 
enabling your success and for you to drive ultimately what is going to make you happy and, and, and long-term from a success factor. So I love the way you say that. It's just, it's really important to understand that, yes, you can stay. I have many friends who have stayed with the organization that they started right out of college with. And they've done well and they've grown and they've moved around and good on them. But for people like you and I, I think there's an innate need for change and an innate need for something new and exciting and that tension that it creates for us. And so I'm curious, was there a defining moment, a decision action, something that really significantly impacted the trajectory of your career that really anchored it into that drive for new things? I guess I would say some of it would be just, you know, reaching a point of frustration too. You know, I'm in an environment where I'm, I can see what can be done and I'm not being empowered to do it. And so, um, and, and, and really, really trying to, you know, make it happen. And if I, if I can't get empowered to do it, it's like, I just feel like I'm a wilting flower here. (laughs) My soul is getting, is disintegrating in front of my eyes and just, and just need to then, you know, take the leap. And I, I, um, I remember at, um, at one point talking to a friend and, um, them saying, you know, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You know, if if you, if you take the leap, just quit, go try to find something new. And, you know, do you, do you think you could get another job like this? Cause I, you know, I was taking the leap to consult or, or, or do my own thing. And I'm like, yeah, I can get another job just like this someplace else. If this doesn't work out. And, you know, I, I look back at, I, I kept looking back at my career and being like, I've been successful here. I've been successful here. I've gotten jobs. I can do it. And so just really like, you know, having confidence in myself, investing in myself, believing in myself to, you know, take the risk, take the leap and go for it. Knowing that, um, you know, I can always go back to waiting tables, <laughs> you know, thinking about what can I fall back on if this doesn't work out. So, um, and I have to say it's, it has been really the best for me just to keep moving. And it's been energizing and exciting. And, you know, I, I, I also look at it as like, we need more female founders out there. We need more females in the C-suite. And I just want to, you know, inspire and empower others by doing it, by paving, paving a path, figuring it out, sharing what I know and helping others take the leap as well. Um, so <laughs> that, that keeps me going as well. <laughs> It's interesting. So I've been quoted um, many times as saying, change, yay, said no one ever. <laughs> Yet here you, here you are embracing that change, looking for the change. And that's really refreshing. So sometimes we collective, doesn't matter, male, female, you know, however you identify, we get knocked for wanting that change, you know, people will say, oh, well, you have such a good job and you're doing so well and there's room for for growth. But sometimes you get that itch. Sometimes you get that, you know what, there's just something niggling that says I can be doing something different, better, stronger, more satisfying. And that is completely a valid reason in my books, may not be to everybody, on why you do change. And so the fact that you embrace that, and I love that you're consciously thinking about setting an example and paving the way for other women um, 
and no offense to the guys listening, non-white guys out there, um, for the, the different yes. to, to be the founders, to take that leap, to, to lead and to, to, to push for the roles that we know that we can do. And we need so many more loud, strong, beautiful, amazing people to do that from all facets and support that not only from, a, I mean, I talk a lot about the difference between mentorship and advocacy. We need those advocates, right? And you are in that position now between your consultancy and between your, your, between Anum to do that and really, really make a difference. And, you know, I think you should be patting yourself on the back for that. That's, that is an amazing thing to offer the world. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I think, um, you know, one thing that I'm, I'm really ambitious about <clears throat> is trying to completely bootstrap this, this venture. And so far it's been completely self-funded. And I mean, the odds are against the different, as you say, for getting funding um, and, and for launching a successful company. So if I can figure out how can I just focus on my customers as my investors and my board of advisors and get this to work and then show other people how to do it, that to me would be, is, is something I'm driving for is something I would really like to be able to do because it is hard. The financial side of this is so weighty that it is, yeah, it's very tough. Definitely. Tell me a little bit about your current role. You've talked about, you know, here you are driving product, you're learning the competition as well as potential partners from an integration perspective, learning how it works, things you hadn't thought of. So you're tackling a whole new side of things what are some of the challenges and compromises that are maybe different from what they have been in the past? And also really what's driving you, you know, to get up in the morning? In terms of challenges, it's like, I have got so many ideas in my head of, of how to raise awareness of how to get this in front of the target market. And there's only so much that can get done each day. And um, right now I wear all the hats. So it is challenging every day to prioritize what should I focus on? Should I f focus on long-term partnership? Should I focus on like immediate sales? You know, I just have to do it all. So, so that is um, a bit tough. I would, I would say what, what uh, gets me excited though, is as I can see progress happening with some of these long-term partnerships, it's just thrilling <laughs> to see it start to come together. And I'm like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen how I envision it. And that just like, just energizes me. The other thing is when I, um, I'm super close to our customers, which is awesome. I mean, I'm, I am their line of support right now and I onboard them and train them. And it is the best thing as a founder to have that. You be the first person that is doing that when you've got a startup, because I, I, I'm hearing all their questions, everything they're bumping into, and I am able to micro tune, you know, our support content and et cetera to, to help them. And, um, and then to have them say, I love this. I start every day, each day we start in Anum and this is amazing. And, you know, had recently had two customers leave their positions, get positions at new companies and contacted me immediately and say, they're using spreadsheets there, Patty. I can't do it. How quickly can we get Anum in so we can start planning an Anum? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like just knowing that they can't go back to me says I've created something that is so helpful and valuable that people are going to want to take it with them. 
that is the absolute in our business, uh, whether it's consulting, whether it's technology, having a client bring you in somewhere else or recommend or talk about you from an advocacy back to the advocacy thing is the highest compliment because they're not only risking, you know, their reputation, but you know, it's, it clearly like it's a firm belief, right? That's, that's the best marketing you can absolutely have. So you've done so many things, uh, 25 years, amazing career. Like you said, you've, you've had like 15 different roles and kind of thing. If you weren't in what you are now, which is the tech space now, what would you be doing? What is Patty's alter ego where in another world where money and environment and anything like that is, there's no consideration. It's purely like what you would do. Oh yeah. There's a plan. (laughs) (laughs) I am not surprised. There is a plan. So the you know, the, the tech side of my career, I contribute to my father who uh, worked for Univac and they made the first like commercially viable computer and he was an inventor and he had a patent. So it is, it is very much down like, you know, the, I'm my father's daughter there. My alter ego is I'm my mother's daughter. So she is an estate sale aficionado, um, a collector. She worked in a a, a dress shop. She sold um, beautiful turquoise jewelry and home sales in the 70s. And so I would open with my husband um, a home decor shop and it, it would be filled with vintage, antiques, upcycled, and we would then travel to like the Paris flea market, et cetera, and, um, you know, find things, bring it back, have occasional sales where we would have, you know, music and cocktails and food and people could browse our collection of items in our, you know, barn on our big property on the lake, <laughs> just outside the city. So yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the vision someday. Cause I, yeah, I just love I love design. I love the stories behind objects. Uh, love love finding the beauty in the everyday, as well as like just the unusual things that you don't see. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> Complete opposite of tech. <laughs> exactly. So clear. Obviously, you 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 know you've got the plan already being worked out as in Anum about what that looks like and. Um, that sounds amazing. And can I please come to one of those events? Oh, sure. Yes. Invite me? Of course. Because I will absolutely make the trip. That sounds absolutely fabulous. <laughs> cool. So for our, for our listeners, particularly maybe the women in our audience, what would be your best piece of advice on life, career, success, happiness, really anything that you'd like to share? I am, a, I have a self-help library in my house <laughs> because, um, you know, I, I believe in, you know, really absorbing other people's ideas and thoughts to help me get the right frame of mind to move forward and be the best person that I can be. So I have found amazing help through, you know, reading other people's advice and stories and stuff like that. So I've got, I've got a couple things to share. I would say, you know, one is to just stay, you know, really clear on, uh, the impact you want to make and how you want to feel. And that's not necessarily like the exact job you want or the exact um, thing you want to be doing, but it's kind of, it's kind of broader than that. I mean, you think about like how I want other people to feel and how I want to feel. 
it, you get into kind of like this, you can feel the energy in you when you, when you think about that. And that's the vibe you want to have every day. Like that's the vibe I try to get before I go on stage to speak. Like I want them to feel like they have, they have got some great stuff they can act on. I want to deliver great value today to these people in the audience and just start with that, that energy. And then I would say, you know, you know, you know, follow it. And, and then also don't get too caught up in timing because, you know, I, I can get super frustrated that this isn't as far along as I wanted it to be this, this, this far in to this venture. And, and then I sit back and I think, oh my gosh, everything that we've accomplished, it's amazing. And so I can't, I can't put anybody else's judgment or perceived judgment on the timing of what I'm doing. This is my journey. This is my path. And I need to focus more on remembering to enjoy the journey. And, and then also just being open to um, my last thing is, is being open to serendipity of a friend uh, once shared that that's part of her strategy is serendipity. And when you put yourself out there and you get yourself in environments where you're going to have a chance to meet new people and have new interactions, you're opening up to serendipity and for wonderful things to happen to help you along your journey and your path. I love that you brought in my tagline of enjoy the journey. So oh, well done. That was, that was, that was not pre-rehearsed for my audience. They're thinking, Oh, yeah, she totally planted that. Not at all. Totally organic. Yeah. And that is all amazing advice. I, I think what really resonates for me is the be open to serendipity, being an A-type, being an INTJ for all those who know Myers-Briggs. That for me is a massive challenge. So I like I's dotted. I like T's crossed. I'm willing to put myself out there. I will throw just about anything against the wall to see if it sticks. Um, but I do it in a very um, managed fashion, so to speak. And I think some of the best things that have ever happened to me personally, as, as some of my audience will remember, has happened because of the serendipitous nature of that interaction my life-changing job, the first person who really believed in me from a work space, Steve was, he was that guy. He said, don't take any other job. If you find another job, call me and I will hire you. I found another job. He hired me. I spent six years totally honing every possible thing there is to do about communications. And that was because of an, a happenstance conversation, right? Meeting my husband, total happenstance conversation. Um, starting my own business 12 years ago, again, serendipitous, right? Mm -hmm. it, so I, I, I never really thought of it that way. So thank you for letting me reflect on that and how it's impacted my world. But I think too, for those of us who, you know, try and over orchestrate, sometimes we just got to put it out there or just let it happen, not even putting it out there, but be open to see what's on, you know, rather than walking through the door, what's coming through the window. And, and really take a chance on, on new things. So um, you've done a ton of speaking this year and anything left coming up or are you looking into 2024? Where can our audience find you, whether it's out there, or web, social, et cetera? I'm going to be doing a Friday forum in December with Marketing Profs. Um, I'll be sharing my omni-channel content planning frameworks. And I'm also going to be in one of their Ask the Experts coming up. And then in terms of finding me online, uh, you can find Anum at AnumPlanning.com, our omni-channel marketing planning calendar. Um, find me on LinkedIn, Patty Radford Henderson. That's where I like to share share my journey, share uh, 
milestones and you know that's that's a, become a huge community for me so i really enjoy um connecting with people on linkedin excellent well patty thank you so much uh, it was so great seeing you I just, you know it's only been a month but <laughs> and uh thank you so much for today's conversation really enlightening i love the energy i mean we're we're hours and hours away through from a plane ride perspective but you can absolutely feel the passion that you have for what you do and the conviction that you have behind it. To my audience, thank you for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Patty as much as I did and hearing about how putting things out there and letting serendipity and um, opportunity happen for you really changes things. But also, don't be afraid to create the, the change yourself. If it's time, it's time. Lean in and listen to that. And you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. If you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net and listen to some of the other episodes. You can also sign up for our email list and check out the links and resources in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. No ETA, I don't know what I'm doing. Now my world's exploded. I was hoping I could maybe move in. If lost the key, I've lost a bunch. Something just keeps me looking. You're the best version that I've seen And I need somewhere to land I might as well fall in